<laughs> Should we do a kula? Because it's you know what a kula is? Kula is a somersault. Really? Let's do a somersault. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, it's like, it's like, go for it. Go for it. Come on, man. It's a very chiddush thing to do. Do a somersault. Why would it hurt your back? I'm thirty years. I'm thirty-one years old. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So we are live. Let's do it. That's right. Um, Welcome back, everybody. Another week of Pasha's. We'll break it down the best we can. Hopefully, we, you, you guys find this entertaining. And uh, hopefully, you'll learn a thing or two. This is a Hakel event. <laughs> Should we do a Kula? Because you know what a Kula is? No, what's that? Kula is a somersault. Really? Let's do a somersault. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, it's, like, it's, like, it's a really... Uh... Go for it. Go for it. Come on, man. I will. I will. Let's, let's go. It's a very exciting thing to do. Do a somersault. Okay. Opa. Why do you need to throw something on the floor? I don't want to hurt my back. I don't know. Why would it hurt your back? I'm, 30 year, I'm 31 years old. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he really did a somersault. <laughs> Good. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, okay, this week's Parsha. Where are we? Where did I put the Sefer? Right there. Like this. Oh. <clears throat> Careful. Don't turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we are talking about Parsha's Vishlach, yeah? That's right. So what happens? Uh, Yaakov leaves Lovan, Lovan's house, right? He leaves Lovan's house and he now has to face his brother Esav. So he sends, uh, he sends uh, angels, right? Or messengers. Correct. Right? And they, some people say it's messengers. Some people say that it was actually angels. What compels him to leave Lavan's house all of a sudden after so many years? Well, first of all, it was time to him, for him to go back. I don't think he ever decided to stay, but it says in the Pasuk that he wasn't with him, Kismel Shulsham, right? He was, he already, they were, they were angry at him because he was so successful and they thought he was, you know, it was because of him that they weren't as wealthy as, you know, because he was getting, he was more wealthy than everybody else. Because it says that it, within the time that he spent there, for, within the 20 years that he was, 12 years, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. No, 14 years that he spent there, uh, he changed his salary 100 times. Yeah, that's why he like had to go and trick him and do all this, right. you know. So he changed his salary literally every two weeks. He would re uh, renegotiate his salary. Like what kind of an employer renegotiates your salary every two weeks? <laughs> they didn't have contracts like they do exactly. nowadays. So it goes to show you what kind of a wicked man he was. Yeah, that him. he would renegotiate and, and, and bring down his uh, pay and all of that. Yeah. And every time an animal would eat uh, uh, one of his sheep, he would take it out of his pay. There were times that he would slaughter the animal, eat the animal, have his barbecue and everything, and then come back and say, hey, where is that one animal is missing? I'm taking that off your paycheck. So it had happened. He had done that. What a he was such dude. a rotten person. Ugh. And one of the main reasons why he was considered safe at Lavan's house mm -hmm. is because Lavan was a very big magician. And as a magician, he uh, wielded all types of magic. And Esav knew that he needed the skull of a, of a, a firstborn. You told me this before. To increase his magic. I never Which is heard why Esav was afraid to step foot on his land. Because he would kill him and take his skull, take his uh, head. To do his magic. And Esav knew this. Which is why he was afraid to go there in the first place. But Yaakov couldn't leave Lavan's house. Because it was safe. 
until Rachel gave birth. Uh -huh. So after Rachel gives birth, that is when Yaakov finds the courage to leave Laban's house and face uh, Esau. It's funny you say that because it says, it's read here, I forgot who the, not in the other Sefer, said that Yaakov sent Malachim to Esau he should, he should, so he should come greet him to bring him out of Chutzlaretz, out of Chutzlaretz so that way he can go to Israel and in Israel, in, in Eretz Yisrael, Esau can't touch him. What, what was the reason Something why like he that. did that? Yaakov uh, purposely put people between each other with more than one day of traveling mm. because of what his mother had said. I will not lose two children, uh, two descendants on the same day. So if the day that Esau greets him and he does kill him, the next camp is more than a day away. So it never happens that he's completely eradicated or anybody has the mm. chance to kill his uh, uh, brother. Right, he separated the camps. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I heard something cr this past Shabbos, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I went to Long Beach. I go, you know, I, I volunteer in a nursing home. Uh, really? That's pretty cool. I, well, I, I work at a nursing home. I do like a... I like do this, the prayers over there. We've tried to get a minion. Mm -hmm. I don't do it every week, but uh, I was there last week and I met this really cool guy. Um, and he tells me this thing. I think, I think he said it in the name of the Chafetz Chaim. Okay. And he says like this. This is, I love this. This is so, so special. So basically, Rashi says when, 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 when Yaakov tells Esav, I lived with Lavan, right? In Lavan Garti, I lived with him. Mm -hmm. So what does he say? Garti is the same letters as Taryag. Taryag is uh, 613. So okay. He was saying, I lived with Lavan and I still kept the whole Torah and I didn't learn the Leilamati Masavarayim. I didn't learn from his evil Wicked ways, ways. Uh -huh. his, his evil actions. Uh -huh. So normally you would say, what does that mean? And he says he's proud of himself. I think it was Chavetz Chaim. He said like this. The problem was he was saying it in regret. I wish I had learned from his bad mice. What does that mean? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. If I would have had, if I would have learned from his fervor, from his, from his obsession, from his passion for the evil that he did and apply it, apply that same passion for godliness, how much would I have? So he's saying it, this was said in regret, I could have, I, not that I should have learned how to act badly, but to learn from the qualities that he, that he, that he, um, Use the amount of energy and aggression that he, he implemented. Put into. Uh -huh. Yeah, to use, to, to, uh -huh. to learn from, from the passion that he implemented for bad and use it for good. And it's such a, it's actually in, 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 we see this, you know, there, there was Reb Zusha, who was a very holy man, Reb Zusha Manipoli. Mm -hmm. He had a brother, Rebbe Malach of Zensky, they were the Talmudim of the, uh, of the Maggit. And uh, I think, I think it's about Reb Zusha, that he would learn seven, seven or nine, I don't remember, things from, uh, from a, a thief. A thief okay. Okay. is not a good thing, but he would learn these things from a thief. One of them was that he never gives up. He always goes back and he always prays to Hashem and he's, he's an expert at what he does. Like all, he listed seven or I think seven, seven things that, that when you apply those in service of Hashem and of Hashem, that it's appropriate. Right? And it says in wow. Pirkei Who is the, who's the wise person who learns from everybody? Everybody has a quality you can learn from them. Maybe they apply it for the wrong way. The wrong thing, but they have a quality that you can learn to apply for good. That's correct. Which right. is, uh, Shlomo Melech was a very, um, he was talking about that. You could learn from any animal, from anything in the world. You yeah. could learn something that is positive in service of Hashem. And I believe he said he was talking about an ant. If you just uh, observe ants and learn from them, you will learn unity. You will learn that mm. they don't steal from each other. You will learn that they do everything and anything possible to to serve their queen. Yeah, yeah. You learn a lot of yeah, exactly. 
there's there's also to the certain mitzvahs we would we would have we could have learned them from uh, a cat let's say for example being mm-hmm. being modest learn from a cat because the cat when he goes to the bathroom he covers up after mm-hmm, himself mm-hmm. but but the reason why we have the mitzvahs is because that attaches holiness to it it's not just a lesson now God told us to do it it attaches it makes it holy it makes us it gives us an opportunity to transform this world and elevate it um, but yeah definitely something that we no matter what we can learn from another person, you could, we could see the, we could have a positivity bias to look, oh, look how good he is at that. But about all the other things, doesn't matter. This is what I can learn, this is what I can focus on. And actually, when I focus on the good of another person, it actually brings it out in them. That's why to, to speak Lashon Hara, one of the problems of speaking Lashon Hara, speaking badly about another person is, your words, there's, there's different realms. There's realm of thought, there's realm of speech, and the realm of speech is very powerful. Yeah, you, you're, you're doing something, you're accomplishing something. So if you speak good about another person, you're bringing out the good in him. You speak, God forbid, the opposite, then you bring out the opposite. There's, there's a story of the Baal Shem Tev, that someone was very, in, in the shul over there, there was one person who was very angry, and another person who said, I'm going to tear you up like a fish. Mm-hmm. And after the Baal Shem Tev told his students to put his hands around, put, put, put their hands around each other's arms, around each other's shoulders, and, and the Baal Shem Tev was touching two of the students, and they closed their eyes and they saw him physically... Uh, tearing him apart like a fish. He was saying that in the realm of speech, on a certain level that happened. Obviously oh, wow. it didn't trickle down in action, but our words have tremendous power. Of course, yeah. Um, now, here is a, now, here's from the Sfas Emes, one of the Ger Rebbes. Mm-hmm. Um, says that Malachim, when I, that, that when Yaakov said Malachim Teisav, those were Malachim created from his Torah. That teaches us that when a person learns Torah, it actually creates uh, angels that protect him and that defend him and fight for him, which... Uh, you know. Oh, it's a good thing you mentioned that. In Zerashim Shon, yeah. it talks about that um, it said that the, the angels came down to protect Abraham and then Hashem himself says, I will come down and help you and, and protect you. So the, it asks, what's the difference? What is the difference between if he's sending all these angels to come protect you, what's the point of him coming down and protecting you? So, the answer is, whenever you are in a situation where you are in danger, the angels you created by doing mitzvot come down and help you out to get you out of trouble. But that means you have uh, lost your game. It's almost like an equivalent uh, exchange, a fair exchange. Mm. But you lost those, those merits. This is the reason why they say, well, no matter what you have earned in this world, no matter what uh, what kind of mitzvot you have done, you should never ask Hashem for something in your merit. Why? Because you leave your merits for your grandkids, mm. for the next generation. Yeah, we're going to get to something like that. So because of that, when Hashem said, I will personally come and protect you, it means nothing was taken away from his merit. So he yeah. protected him without anything in return. He protected him in a way where he doesn't lose anything out, out of it. Wow. That was the difference between Hashem helping you and he's your, not going to lose your, his merits. Yeah, wow. right. Oh yeah, yeah. And the example Zerushin gives is somebody who has merits, but he's driving very fast, like a crazy person. But nothing happened to him. It may be that his merits—he just lost a lot of merits, a lot of mitzvot, because these angels had to come down and save him from from anything bad happening. So he basically. He lost from all the savings that he was making. So that's why you never put yourself in dangerous situations. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's why I think it was, it was Avram Avinu, I think, who was afraid. Maybe it was Avram, it was Yaakov, who was afraid that because of all the miracles that happened to him, 
Maybe I lost all my merits. That's why he was, you know... Man, it's so noisy today. Yeah, maybe the door is not closed all the... Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that explains it. Maybe put in the plug. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I gotta show you this thing. It's called Dr. Midos. Like this thing for kids. It's so one of the things is like... They're trying to figure out what's not working and it's just, you know... The plug. The plug. <laughs> It was um, never turned on. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic. It's a mm -hmm. classic. Oh, so this is something from the Rebbe. Very, very nice. Rashi says that 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 uh, Yaakov sent actual angels. Malachim mamash. Really? Actual actual angels, not just messengers. So the Maggid explains this and he says, that what does it mean, Malachim mamash? Mamash also means what's tangible, material. Mm -hmm. So he says that really, he only sent their mamash, he only sent their bodies of the of the angels. Even the angels are created out of physical, just much more refined, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? It says that the body, whatever. but but their spirit remained by Yaakov. So the question is, the Rebbe asks this question: How do you have? How can you separate the go from the from the? Well, right. What does that mean? So he says what it means is that he even when they were there physically, even though in 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 location they were there, they were always in Yaakov's uh, domain. They never really separated from him. And that's, that's a, a very important uh, lesson for when it comes to you know, our job in this world and us fulfilling our mission. That no matter how deep in the world we are, no matter where we find ourselves, if we're connected or pro properly and if we keep our connection, keep ourselves the way we should, and it doesn't matter where we are, we're always going to be connected to our roots, no matter who we are. Our bodies may be in, you know, in, the, in, the, in the dirtiest place, mm -hmm. but because we're connected to Hashem, so therefore we're always in His domain. Spiritually, we all yeah. we always with them. Yeah, there's this song actually. Avram Fried sings in Yiddish. I love it. He goes, "You telling tells the Yitzhara, I'm not yours. I'm not yours. Even when you know I I belong to my father. And even when I'm sinning, I'm always my father's kid. It's like this. It's it's a very powerful song. I don't even want to go in your ways. Whatever. It's it's a. I love this song. It's it's such a pop because it's like this song that reminds you like people they get down on themselves, you know. And that's the that's the trick. The trick is that you do something wrong. The Yisrael says, Ah, you see, and he, mm -hmm. you don't want to get up to dove and you don't want to get why because who am I, right? Right. Point. I'm going to use my hands to put on full on to use my mouth to. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and the whole thing is, no, no, no. I'm not yours. I was never yours. Yeah, I, I, I messed up again and again and again. <laughs> but, uh, but I know where I come from or where I belong. But I'm my father's kid. That's powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we, we come to the part where Yaakov was fighting with, with, the, with the Malach. With, 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 with the Sar, yeah. And it says that after the whole fight, he, uh, right, he hit him in the place and he was... He was uh, in the hip, I believe. Yeah, the Gidanasha. I forgot the English term, it's uh, some kind of... Uh, anyway, but um, so it says, Vayizrach loy Hashemesh, and the sun, it shines for him. So why does the person say Vayizrach loy Hashemesh? The, the sun shined. Okay. What does it mean that it shined for him? It didn't shine for anybody else? So he says that actually, the sun came up earlier just uh -huh. for him. Okay. So Hashem brought it earlier so it would heal him. And, and we see at different times that the sun healed Tzadikim. Avram Avinu healed, and here we see Yaakov. It says, so tzadik, the sun heals Tzadikim, but actually Rishayim, it, it, it destroys them. It destroys very, very them. interesting, you know. The same exact thing, you know, fire can, can, can warm, it can also burn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And and then it says it says actually that it could be that that is just talking about a special light which was hidden at the beginning of, of, of creation, only that it's hidden away for the tzaddikim. And the truth is that it wasn't hundred percent hidden because if not for this light, the world wouldn't be able to 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 exist. Okay. But and and this it says that this light shines for a little bit every single day for those who learn Torah. At dawn. Very, dawn? very interesting. I thought it was nets, no? Amud HaShachar, Maybe nets. I don't know. But it, but it says that basically that, that at a certain point, early in the morning, when people are learning Torah, that's when this, this... So that is nets, no? There's Alois, and then there's Netz Achama. Alois is when I think there's light, but you don't actually see the sun. So it's the nets. first 20 minutes of when, when it just gets up. Dawn. I think right. it's dawn, yeah. I think Amud HaShachar, Alois HaShachar, the same thing. I could be wrong. Okay. Okay, okay. And forgive me if I am, everybody, but uh, anyway, yeah. We're going to do a little more research on that. <laughs> yeah. That's your job. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Stay tuned for part two. <clears throat> Hope you enjoyed that. And um, it's Shabbos.